0: are the funniest People I know, these are the funniest people I know. Said improv ripping callers and sketches. Characters and interviews and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know.
1: Hello, world, and welcome to the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. I am coming to you wearing actual sneakers. Wait, are you? Oh, he's wearing I shoes. I do not even look at his
2: feet. Hold
1: on. No, they're nice, too. They're like a cranberry-colored Converse.
2: Mm-hmm. Converse is always a mm. good
1: choice. I see you will. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in pants from Costco. The brand is known as English Laundry.
3: Okay. Is sure, they're 30? real fancy.
1: Well, the truth is we don't have a washer-dryer yet. And so I had to just go buy pants. <laughs> Great opportunity to buy new clothes. Folks, I am so happy to be back in the studio with the funniest people I know. George Coloris is here, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Will. Hey, George. Alexandria is here. Bam, 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 bam. And TJ...
3: Wait a second. TJ is elsewhere. Oh. Does TJ have coronavirus? I have been really worried about TJ getting coronavirus, but I think he's good for now. We're all friends here. We can get real. TJ called me the other day, and he's in the middle of a third life crisis.
1: Okay. As in he's a third of the way through his life.
3: I was going to say quarter life, but we know he's not making it to 100. (laughs) Uh He had some stuff going on with his living situation. Mm -hmm. He got into a car accident. He's okay. But he called and said that he needed to take a little hiatus to pull his life back together.
1: I hope he doesn't mind that I tell this story, but he called me. Okay. And I could tell he was going through a Mm -hmm. time, and I wanted to be supportive of my friends. It's good to be there for people you care about. Exactly. He told me that the bumper of his car, when he was hit at an intersection, was kind of hanging off. And that cop helped him remove it by just jamming his boot against the bumper oh, and making it worse. Oh, and then TJ says, well, what am I supposed to do with this now? And the cop says, put it in the back of the car. And TJ couldn't get it to fit because it was a giant oh, no, bumper. And he drives it's... a small sedan. Yeah. And so the cop. Just folded it up and started stomping on it to get it to be (laughs) smaller. I can't believe he didn't tell you. No, no. And then TJ said he finally smushes it up to shove it in there. And then it just kind of expands awkwardly. And now he can't get it out of the
3: truck. I think TJ is a cartoon character that's come to life. Yeah. And (laughs) these are the moments that make me think that that's true. Because that doesn't happen to real people
2: officers smashing pieces of your car <laughs> just of
3: it. shoving it in the back seat and
2: that definitely so doesn't funny. happen to that normal.
3: needs to make it into something we film one day that's really funny
2: and i want to just
1: hear what he said mm. i'd love to watch him be uncomfortable by this
3: you um, i right. can
2: see his face the entire time just squirming and him just being completely yeah, like, being flabbergasted. Like, okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> tj we miss you buddy and we're thinking about you
2: take care of yourself hashtag self-care 2020 tj Speaking of self-care, the coronavirus
1: is everywhere.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure
1: people are tired of hearing about it. I'm sure. So let's talk about it some more.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. I want to know why people weren't washing their hands before coronavirus told us to.
2: Seriously, can we discuss that? Because I am disgusted. I don't <laughs> understand... The basics of sanitation, we had the bubonic plague, we've had cholera, dysentery, we've had all types of diseases from bacterial infections. Didn't we have the Civil War to learn? The
1: Civil War? Like, <laughs> You're going way back.
2: I'm just saying, we should have known this since way back. That's why I'm going way back, because I don't understand why in 2020, we're like, oh, yeah, guys, remember... Wash your hands and then you probably won't get sick or you probably won't spread illness and
3: sickness. It's either so simple, it's stupid, that we just haven't learned how to wash our hands. Or this is comparable to when our parents are told that the way to protect yourself from nuclear war is to hide under your desk. <laughs> and it's just like washing your hands isn't going to do. I think they offer the same you.
1: advice for tornadoes.
3: you Wash your hands.
1: Hide under your desk. You know,
3: yeah. <laughs> after you wash your hands. Yeah, yeah you don't want to be killed with dirty hands.
2: It's like the combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Well, stay
1: safe out there, folks. They have banned travel at my office. So anyone who is scheduled to go internationally because we're a big company is not allowed to do so. If you do leave the country, they put you on a two-week quarantine. You can't go to work. You have to work from home. I'm kind of wishing for coronavirus a little bit, just so I have an excuse to work from home for a couple of
3: weeks. Oh, those words are going to haunt your I career. Know.
1: Like, I don't, you know. When it turns
3: into the plague, you're going to wish you didn't say that. I mean, I don't want anyone to <laughs> well, get they're like, hurt. be careful what you
2: wish for. And then next thing you know, you're in a bubble forever. That
1: would okay, be awful. Okay, that's fair. You know what it is? I have a three-bedroom house now on a half acre, so I just want to be there all the time.
3: I want to eat soup and watch Netflix for two weeks.
1: Well, George, you and I had a really big weekend, not too long ago, up at the Aurora Theater. Mm-hmm. And we brought Broken 30 there. Yeah, it was great. Three of the four shows were completely sold Standing out. Standing
3: room, we had to turn people away. Will, did you know about this? I don't think so. Yeah, they had to turn people away for one of the 7 o'clock shows. They're like, you have to come back at 9, there's no room in there anymore. Wow. Nice. Yeah.
1: No room at the inn. Yeah. Well, during <laughs> rehearsal, we had this very uncomfortable moment. This young child yes, comes into our rehearsal, doesn't know anybody, and tries to sell... A group of broke comedians, Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Tis the season. Yeah, yeah, It is. She tried to sell us something called Caramel Delights. Okay. What uh, the hell is a Caramel Delight? Yeah. I want a Samoa. I want a butter cookie with coconut and dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. You can keep your Caramel Delights.
3: Did they change the name?
1: I thought that was the case. Uh-huh. I said somebody finally woke up and they said, well, Samoa. There might be some sort of cultural appropriation happening yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. Samoa is a very complicated country, by the way, I've learned.
3: <laughs> they love them some Bloomberg. <laughs> they do.
1: <laughs> what? Okay. Michael Bloomberg spent $600 million to win a half a delegate from the island of American Samoa.
3: That sounds like a good use of money. <laughs> Look, we got to get the money out of those billionaires somehow.
1: Why do they love him there?
3: Maybe he bought all their cookies. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I looked up this controversy mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was really turned off at the fact that I couldn't get a Samoa. And mm-hmm. I had to purchase a Caramel Delight, which I didn't because actors are weight conscious and we're broke anyways. And no one can afford a $5 box of cookies yeah. nowadays. <laughs> I went on the Girl Scouts of America website and did a little research. And the rationale they have for why Girl Scout cookies are a good thing mm-hmm. kind of struck me as a little humorous. I quote, When you support her success through the Girl Scout Cookie Program, trademark, you're narrowing the entrepreneurship gap between women and men by nurturing that go-getter spirit early on and equipping her with the confidence and know-how to dream big and do bigger. Your cookie purchase is an investment in the world-changing business leaders of tomorrow.
3: I'm friends with the person who came up with that BS. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm friends with the person who was working with the Girl Scouts at the time. They went from it being a fundraiser to entrepreneurial training. (laughs) Because people were like, well, I'm not paying $5 for cookies. (laughs) <laughs> and then like but you're teaching women how to be entrepreneurs like okay I guess I'll pay $5 for cookies.
2: As a former girl scout, I always thought that selling the girl scout cookies was a way for us to take a trip somewhere like oh troop 249 their goal is to sell 500 cookies because they want to take a trip to Mount Vernon,
3: Hawaii. We're going to sell 500 cookies just to go somewhere nice.
2: Well, I
1: think that's a bit hyperbolic, although it is a great justification and rationale for overt consumerism. Mm. My mom was a Girl Scout leader. I think Mm -hmm. they get 50 cents a box. What we used to do is just give the Girl Scout a dollar as if we'd bought two.
3: Are you just paying them off to go away?
1: Yeah. I like to consider it voluntary socialism. Like when you leave a tip Mm -hmm. in a quick service restaurant.
3: I don't like buying anything in the grocery store parking lot, Mm -hmm. right? I don't buy Girl Scout cookies. I don't give money to panhandlers. I'm not trying to buy sweaters. I don't believe that the grocery store parking lot is a place for commerce. And so it's always uncomfortable. The Girl Scouts are usually just like not paying attention, like kind of being pains in the ass. And those poor moms are having to do all the work. Mm -hmm. And I hate it for them. And then come to find out, guys, I'm taking out the Girl Scouts because you go to Dollar General. And buy Girl Scout cookies for a buck twenty-five. A <laughs> buck twenty-five. And they are just as good and they're available year round. And I have not spent a dollar on a Girl Scout cookie since I found them at the Dollar General.
1: In fact, George, uh-huh. the Samoa has nothing to do with the island of Samoa. The origin comes from someone who tried that cookie with the coconut and the dark chocolate mm-hmm. on it and liked it so much that they asked for Samoa.
3: Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) My apologies for just assuming that everything at the island of Samoa is a chocolate-covered coconut cookie.
1: We are very big on the island of Samoa, so I apologize to all our
3: Samoan listeners for that mistake. Yeah, for our presumption. You know what? We should take the Mm -hmm. show on the road to Samoa. And so we get to know them better and find out what their cookies are like and why they like Bloomberg so much. Well,
1: I would love that because the island is actually kind of diverse. There's a third of the population is some sort of military person. Mm -hmm. A third of the people work in hospitality or a bunch of hippies lying on the beach. And a third of the population works for the star-kissed tuna cannery. Really? So much of the world's tuna comes from this little island out in the Pacific.
3: We should go. This should be part of our tour.
1: I would love to get there. All
3: right. Part of the national tour, Samoa and some small place in Nevada.
1: There's no direct from Atlanta, though. I checked. Oh. Oh. You have to stop in San Diego. Oh,
3: sad. You're still in? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I'm still in. Great. The reason
1: that they are sometimes called Samoas and sometimes called Caramel Delights is because the Girl Scout cookies are produced by two different bakers. Mm Hmm. While subtle, there are important notable differences. Okay. Samoas contain 75 calories per cookie. Caramel Delights only have 70.
3: That's why Samoas are better.
1: That is why they're better. (laughs) It's that extra five calories. Samoas are manufactured by the Little Brownie Baker Company, owned by Kellogg's, which is a subsidiary of Keebler. Mm, And they are made in Louisville, Kentucky.
2: (gasps) Look at that. Representing hometown baked goods. (laughs) Were you
1: aware of how many cookies come from your town? Not at all. No. Mm Mm-mm. Did you smell vanilla, coconut, and dark chocolate just wafting through the streets like the town of Hershey, Pennsylvania? I
2: wish I had. I feel like the industry that was constantly talking about was tobacco. As I became an adult, the industries that became more popular, like bourbon and now Girl Scout cookies, and I feel like those are two of my favorite things. I would have loved to know about those industries.
3: Bourbon and Girl Scout cookies. You know what I'm good. saying? I know what we're doing after the show. <laughs>
0: we're
3: going to the Dollar General, and I got some bourbon. Yes. Caramel Delights are made by another company
1: called ABC bakers they are the oldest girl scout cookie baker still operable in the united states mm-hmm. and they're located in richmond virginia
3: what's your favorite girl scout cookie oh yeah. i'm
2: samoa's samoa's and then thin Mint. samoa's is like my og favorite you mm. put those bad boys in the freezer and then you take them out after they're frozen and you bite into one of those the caramel is a little hard and yeah,
3: yeah oh my goodness
2: good. the, oh my goodness it's like a candy bar mm What about yours, Will? I'm a Caramel Delight man.
3: (laughs) Dinments from the freezer or Tagalongs? Those are my two favorites.
1: I do enjoy a Tagalong. We had so many cookies in the house because my mom was a troop leader. Mm -hmm. So what we would do is my sister would load up the wagon. We'd go down to the baseball game where all the parents were sitting there watching their kids stand around waiting for the ball to come their way. And they would be a little hungry. And we made bang at the park during a baseball game. Don't sell a cookie outside of a place where you can buy better cookies. Yeah, yeah, you want to have
3: inside Oreos and Chips Ahoy and fresh baked cookies in the bakery.
2: It instantly turns you into the worst person because you just have to avoid eye contact with these children. No, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. They're like, please, like, buy cookies to save my troop. And I'm like, I don't like you, child.
3: (laughs) Uh, I always lie. I'm like, oh, I just bought some for my niece. I'm so sorry. And I don't. I buy them at the Dollar General.
1: It's like trying to sell a Kia outside of the Honda dealership. Yeah, yeah, ain't gonna work. Well, folks, if you have a favorite Girl Scout cookie, send us an email at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com. We've had some political news recently, Mm -hmm. and it's quite affected our fantasy draft.
3: Sure (sighs) did. Yeah, don't want to talk about it. We had the Fantasy League last year, and we all picked our Democratic candidates to be on our teams. And then the three of us stupidly did not pay attention and let TJ get uh, Bernie and Biden. Uh, like, how I did that know. happen? I don't know. And he didn't even pick them in a row. We just weren't paying attention. Like, we were w- picking our favorites and he on picked our the phone? winners.
2: Like, I'm just so I'd, confused. I, I
3: don't know. I listened back to that segment and I'm like, you're all idiots. <laughs> like, especially the team I picked. For a minute there, I was coming in second, actually. And then within 12 hours, both of my leading candidates dropped out Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg. Mm. And I was the first to lose. The next day, Bloomberg drops out and you, Will, are out of the game. I think you still have Tulsi in it, but, you know, let's just move on with our lives. She (laughs) should. And then Alexandria, a couple days later, you dropped out of the game when Uh. Elizabeth Warren dropped out.
1: I think we could have a new president, and Tulsi Gabbard would still be in the race. It's oh, like she's yeah. running
3: for something else. She never gives up. You know, she's running against two 70-year-olds, and they're out there shaking hands when there's a virus out there. They're in the vulnerable group. She could win by default at this point. She
1: could. She's the only one young enough to sustain the coronavirus. Yeah,
3: Bernie, wash your hands. Don't touch your face, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> As the first loser of our game, my penance was that I have to write a concession speech. My fellow Americans, it is with great pride and humility that i suspend my fantasy primary league team we fought the good fight but in the end america spoke and they said they don't share in my team's vision of the future you know what can't even pretend anymore y'all can keep it america y'all had like 25 options for president that was as varied as the cast of sesame street and you had male candidates female candidates Old candidates, Mm -hmm. young candidates, white candidates, black candidates, Hispanic candidates, far left, center left, moderates, career politicians, outsiders. There were three mayors, two billionaires, a self-help guru, and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) 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 But who'd y'all pick? Y'all pick those two grumpy old Muppets who sit in the balcony and complain. (laughs) Then come November, you know what you're gonna do, right? You're gonna all say that you had to vote for the lesser two evils. Mm -hmm. The whole lot of people, well, I guess I'm gonna have to vote for him. Uh, (laughs) And I'm over it. I'm so over it. You had your chance and you went with the most boring, most obvious options. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much money we spent to whittle it down to the two people we thought were gonna be the two people at the end from the (laughs) beginning? That is ridiculous. So y'all can keep it with your I'm better than this (laughs) attitude, right? They say we get the government we deserve. And as I look around and I see my fellow citizens and how crazy as hell they are, I'm wondering how we can expect anything better from Washington. Mm. Sometimes I think we have a government that's better than what we deserve. Mm. Every year I see you, my fellow Americans. You complain about how the world isn't good enough for you. You never like your presidential candidates, but that's just the cherry on top of your dissatisfaction Sunday. Y'all complain every year about the Super Bowl. Whether it's the commercials aren't funny enough or the halftime show is too boring or the halftime show is too risque, then you complain about the Oscars. No one watches the movies. The host is boring. It's boring without a host. I don't like reading subtitles in movies. Then you complain about who The Bachelor picks in the final rose ceremony. <laughs> you complain that it's too cold in the winter, then complain it's too hot in the summer. You complain that there's too many spider man followed by complaints that you want more spider man You hated the end of Game of Thrones. You hated mm-hmm. the last Star Wars movie. None of this is good for you. You have Netflix. You have Amazon Prime, Hulu, and HBO, and then complain on Twitter that there's nothing good on TV. <laughs> The other day, I saw two nerdy incels fighting on Twitter over the costumes in the new Wonder Woman movie. Then one guy says to the other guy who was making a comment on Wonder Woman's gold hat, and he goes, you better get educated, you dumb C-word. I was like, you just called some dude you do not know a C-word in public because he is not knowledgeable on Wonder Woman's hat (laughs) mythology. You folks can never be happy. Y'all can kiss my ass. I quit. (laughs) I quit. I do
1: often think that we are living in the best of times and that (laughs) most people aren't aware of it.
3: No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We are the richest healthiest, mm-hmm. most comfortable, the safest. If you just watch the news, we live in the worst time in human history. Yes. But if you look at reality and what life used to be like, even our poor are better off now than the poor have ever been. Now, I'm not saying that we can't improve our society. As Barack Obama always reminded us, we were working towards a more perfect union. But y'all got to quit complaining about everything. Mm-hmm. As a restaurant owner, I get complaints in the same week that I am not enough like a chain restaurant and that I am too much like a chain <laughs> restaurant. I can't make these people happy?
2: Make it make sense. I feel like people's complaints are always all over the place and we're losing perspective of the bigger picture mm-hmm. and the things that really matter and we're worried about, well, your shoes weren't tight. Your shoestrings were orange and I just don't understand why you have orange shoestrings and gray shoes yeah. if you're going out in public on a Tuesday. The
3: thing is, that's not things you would fight about during famine. If we were all starving or coronavirus really hits us and we can't leave the house, I wonder how many people complain about things like, oh, I don't like it when there's Girl Scouts standing outside of a grocery store <laughs> bothering me. <laughs> George, we're part of the problem. (laughs) I am the problem. Are you kidding me? Okay. All I do is point out other people being part of the problem. (laughs) Well, George, you exited gracefully. I didn't lose. Y'all suck. You exited
2: kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) You exited like the reality TV wannabe that you are. Oh, you know me.
3: (laughs) I channeled my inner Omarosa.
2: Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you,
1: George. Folks, for our
2: next segment, we've got
1: Saf Patel friend of the podcast, good friend of mine, a fellow who happens to work for me. And uh, Alex and George are going to ask him some questions about what it's like being my employee.
3: We want him to talk to us honestly, so you're going to have to leave the room. Mm -hmm. I have to go? Yeah, you have to go, because I don't have to tell the truth. Oh, come on, there's no retribution going to happen. You better not, because I know the HR laws, and he has his rights. (laughs)
1: I'll leave the room, and uh, we'll invite in Mr.
3: Saf Patel. Here he is. How are you doing, Saf? I feel great. That's awesome. Alex and I wanted you to come in and talk Mm -hmm. to us without Will. We've sent Will out of the room. Cool. And we wanted to talk to you about working with Will, because I understand that since you came on the show last, you've been working with Will quite a bit, right?
0: Yes, and I want to emphasize with. With. I think Will would say for. For, uh, (laughs) I would rather work with Will than for Will. I don't know which of the two it is, but I'm insisting it's
2: Will. (laughs)
0: Okay. Does he sign your paycheck? No. No. Then it's mm. with.
3: yes, with. You are. You guys are teammates. You are colleagues. Cool. And let me tell you, I run my businesses and the people who work, quote, for me, I would never say that to them. I always refer to them as, this is so-and-so. They work with me at the restaurant. I feel like that's a much better environment, Will, when you're <laughs> listening to this. Stop condescending to people.
2: Will's going after absolute power, we see.
3: <laughs> Without naming the company, tell us what you and Will do. We
0: work in production. Will and I work on a video project. Uh We do a lot of planning, a lot of scheduling, a lot of spreadsheets, calling, uh, just kind of making sure everybody has what they need.
3: Sounds glamorous.
0: It's the least Hollywood (laughs) I could imagine.
3: What kind of productions do you put on?
0: It's mostly like web stuff for like corporate stuff. Okay. Okay.
3: So real sexy. Yeah. What is Will's position there? He's a
0: production manager.
3: Okay, and what is your position?
0: I'm a production coordinator.
3: Okay. Oh. oh. And so is there like a big cast system between the manager and the coordinators? Some would say yes. Do you all sit at separate lunch tables? I
0: sit... At a different table.
3: Oh. Ooh. Do you have different uniform
0: requirements? Like, is there a specific outfit that some coordinators wear that managers don't? He does have that Dia de los Muertos blazer.
2: <laughs> I'm also a coordinator where I work as I handle a lot of things yeah. almost like a manager. But technically, there's someone that supervises what I do. But yeah. like you said, they don't sign your checks. You know, at the end of the day, you're like the brains of the operation. <laughs> is that That's just a, me? I, you can't manage if put, you don't
3: have somebody coordinating.
2: See, George, I want to work for you. I need. With. The weather with I wanna work uh, with you. Yeah, yes. like,
3: this segment's turning into George is a better boss
0: than Will. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but
2: you mentioned his what you said his Diaz de Muertas blazer?
0: I think he has a Dia de los Muertos blazer, yeah.
2: Yes. Is his aesthetic as chill and comfy chill as it is when he comes into
3: the
0: studio? Oh, that's a good question.
3: When Will is in the studio, he looks like he just rolled out of bed. <laughs> so is that what he looks like at work?
0: Some days he Not does that. wear an aggressive blazer or an aggressive sweater. Aggressive.
2: <laughs> TJ, we need you to find pictures and photographic evidence to
3: post. You know, like uh, when you would send somebody on that Stacey London show... What was it called?
2: Uh what not to wear. What not
3: to wear, right? And then they would stalk them and take yeah. pictures of them like at work or at the mall. Okay. We need to have TJ do this to Will. Can
2: we get <laughs> him a stacy London wig and then put him out Oh my god yes Okay, sorry.
3: Sorry, that's a new segment. We're gonna have what mm-hmm. not to wear with Will. I can do this. Okay, you'll help us get some <laughs> photos. To, yeah, okay, one. awesome. Sapp is in on the game now. Between like if there's an aggressive plaid <laughs> I love the use of aggressive. I, I don't think I have anything in my closet one would call aggressive. I really think that's the perfect word for it. I I really thought about that one.
2: I think that's the best way to describe fashion. Steph, you've put us on to like a new way to <laughs> critique fashion. No, that was an aggressive print. Yeah. And we need to discuss
0: it. <laughs> when he's not wearing aggressive clothing, mm-hmm. I am, I'd say, confused but cozy. Confused uh, but cozy okay. um, is the aesthetic.
3: Oh, nice. That is such a specific look. It is. I'm going to use that as a screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Will, confused but cozy.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, I want to see the rendering for
0: confused <laughs> but cozy. He has worn sweatpants before. Oh my God, to work. <laughs> to work. Has I he worn it. socks and sandals to work? Yes.
3: Will, I knew it. Does yeah. that offend people's eyes when he does that?
0: I don't know about that, but I do have a very vivid image of Will sitting in the biggest room of the studio by himself. Mm. In the like on the psych wall, and mm-hmm. opening up the bay doors with a lawn chair that he found or brought and, <laughs> in sandals. Oh I my god! It. Like
3: he's at the beach.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Will told us he found a way to manage time with a thing called tea time. Okay. People mm-hmm. have to direct their questions to him at a specific time when he's having a cup
0: of tea. Right. How is tea time received? Tea time is more symbolic than anything. Okay. <laughs> I've only seen tea time once. The first time. And that's it? I've never seen it again. It's more of a gesture, a philosophy. I don't think there is really a tea time, but I think that the precedent of setting a tea time is part of Will's management theory.
3: Okay. Okay. Will apparently sent out this really ostentatious email to the whole company to announce tea time. That's true. So he did it once, and he's just imagined that he's done it many times.
0: I think it's okay. more real in Will's head than it is in real life.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, Steph, I'm- can I work with you? I feel like it would be a fun day. <laughs> he has
3: tea. Okay. But people don't make a point to come and have there's, tea with him to discuss rarely.
0: Okay. I don't know if people have that many questions for Will all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Does Will think he's a little more important than he really is?
0: I can't speak to Will's opinion. Of you're,
3: you're answering that like you're on Law and Order. I right? <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot speak to his state of mind.
0: I'll say I don't think tea time is real, but if it is real, it's poorly managed. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Will told us when he sent the tea time email that his boss looked at it and goes, well, that's Will. What other things have happened at work where the
0: response from people would be like, that's Will. Will is known for inappropriate salutations and closings to emails.
2: <laughs> what do you oh, mean by that? Yeah. One of them
0: being salutations. <laughs> <laughs> he signed one cowabunga. No, he didn't. No, he
2: did
0: He's done (laughs) rock on.
2: I would have rolled my eyes. We love Will. Will is our (laughs) podcast brother, but no.
3: No, no. If anyone sent me a work email that ends with cowabunga, I would roll my eyes until I passed out. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
0: There's a lot like that, yeah.
3: He also at one point said that he made a custom hat to protest not getting a raise. (laughs) Did he ever wear that hat to work? I don't know anything about that hat. Okay.
0: Okay. It Uh, could just be a regular hat. <laughs> mm, okay,
3: I advised him not to wear it, so I was just curious if he if took he, my advice or not. You know how I feel about when people don't take my advice, even when they didn't ask for it.
2: <laughs> George, you offer very good advice. I take your advice. I right? seem
3: to
0: think so. I agree. What other willisms should we know about? Will is known for long lunches. I can respect that. What I don't respect is that he went to the same Chinese place three days in a row. I can respect that, that too. Okay. He knows what he wants. Uh, Does he get the same thing every time? I don't know that. I didn't go to this lunch. I mean, someone's got to keep everything. Somebody has to do the work while Will lunches. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Do you clock watch, Will? Will? Absolutely not. Okay. It's a failed exercise.
3: (laughs) Is there anybody like that? Is there a Karen at the office that knows what time everybody who got there late got there?
0: If we have one of those, it's someone who, it doesn't matter how early you got there because it wasn't enough. (laughs) (laughs) Will's kind of like a stepdad. Okay. Okay. How is Will
3: like a stepdad?
0: Emotionally unavailable. (laughs) Distant. But well-meaning. Okay. A good pat on the back when you need it. We'll give you a ride to soccer practice. I think
3: this says a lot about your relationship with your stepdad. (laughs) Well, awesome, stuff. I appreciate you coming in here and tattling on Will. Mm-hmm. And I promise not to tell him anything you said. None of it. He yeah. listens to the podcast. This is, this mm. is just between us.
0: I was going to say, can you guys That's do that? That's what he says. Can you do that voice thing that they do on for witnesses?
3: Oh, would you like a voice disguiser? <laughs> yeah. I'll see if I have
0: that. Okay.
3: We've said your name several times. Though, right, right. The, <laughs> we put a voice disguiser, but it has his name <laughs> and his position right, <laughs> a specific like, example. So, that I would mean, make it extra funny. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we should have had you sit behind a screen. That would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate you. Thank it. you, Seth.
2: gold cool. is great. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I'm
1: back in the studio, folks. Seth is grinning.
3: Yeah. 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 How did it go? You know what? Listen to it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy.
2: I always have fun talking to Saf, and I think you'll have fun listening, so that's yeah. what you should do.
1: Me and our super fan Ryan will be waiting anxiously at midnight on Saturday for the podcast again. Yeah,
3: and I think we've got a really interesting bit coming up that yeah. Saf just came up with, so we're going to have some fun. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, this is not the last we're hearing from Mr. Saf Patel. I'll tell you
1: that. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. In honor of St. Patrick's Day... I've prepared an Irish history lesson
2: for the both of you.
3: Oh, okay. That is
2: this month, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's like this week. Okay. Oh wow, Sure. Hope is. you got something green. Mm, we'll see. And does mold count? I don't know.
1: That's <laughs> probably
3: clean. <laughs> Do your laundry, girl.
2: Right. Producer Jane, if you'd be
1: so kind as to bring us to Ireland with perhaps some Irish folk music. Today is March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Today we celebrate the death of St. Patrick himself. Today we celebrate the arrival of Christianity in Ireland. Yay! Oh, really? That's what we're celebrating.
2: Okay, I didn't know that. Woo-hoo.
1: Special hello to all of the Irish Catholics tuning in, and the Lutherans, the Anglicans, the Mormons, and of course, the Jews... Good news! During Saint Patrick's Day, Lenten restrictions are lifted. Therefore, we can eat and drink alcohol without inferring God's wrath. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Saint Patrick, of course, is a fifth-century Christian missionary. Mm-hmm. Irish EDM DJ, and a very heavy drinker. (laughs) He's the author of an original scroll called Declaration, which for centuries was the only declaration until the treasonous founding fathers of America plagiarized the document in 1776, being so bold as to add of independence and declaring freedom from the British crown. Scandal. Right. At the age of 16, Patrick was kidnapped by Irish raiders and taken as a slave to Gaelic Ireland, a Mm, pagan society, where he spent six years working as a shepherd, claiming during that time to have found God. Interesting. I didn't know that. Reports later confirmed that on the night Patrick claims to have, quote, found God, he downed a six-pack of Guinness, a fifth of Jameson, ate some mashed potatoes slathered in butter, lost his virginity to an innkeeper's daughter, and woke up claiming to have had a religious experience.
3: Also, oh, he was celebrating St. Patrick's Day way ahead.
2: I mean, I don't <laughs> think they call it spirits for no
1: reason.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: Patrick escaped from the pagans on a pirate ship led by the Irish sailor Captain Crunch. <laughs> upon returning to Ireland, <laughs> upon returning to Ireland, he became a missionary, thereby driving the pagans out and converting most of Ireland to Christianity. Yay! 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 Tradition holds that he died on the seventeenth of March and was buried at Downpatrick. In the studio, folks, we're going to raise a glass to
3: Saint Patrick. To Saint Patrick. To Saint Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick. Clink, clink.
1: Other little-known facts about Saint Patrick: while hosting a dinner party one night. He found himself light on salad, trotted out into the garden, and began plucking clovers from the grass, thinking, the nuns won't know the difference. He crossed himself for forgetting the Romaine, and in doing so, realized that the shamrock would be a great symbol for the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, hence the Irish shamrock becoming the Irish symbol for alcoholism, little people carrying heavy pots of gold, and of course, things that are green. Irish tradition states that every St. Paddy's Day, the Irish president presents a bowl of shamrocks to the president of the United States in a bowl made of Waterford crystal. Talks to discuss the exchange broke down quickly this year because President Trump and Irish president and former Gryffindor house elf Michael D. Higgins had a disagreement. To quote the president, I have no use in the Trump Tower for a dog bowl filled with grass clippings. I only accept gifts made of solid gold. President Higgins returned fire by calling the president a gobshite gowl. For those of you who don't speak Gaelic, a gobshite is a loudmouth person who talks a lot and nothing of value comes out of their mouth. <laughs> as in shite coming out of their gob.
3: Oh, fair enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds accurate. For our Irish listeners, a gowl is someone who eggs a gaff, trips over a hedgehog after legging it in the wrong direction, drops his phone down a manhole, and then literally drives into a Garda car. All <laughs> <Am I> right. <laughs> Michael D. Higgins, of course, is famous for bringing his two giant Bernese Mountain dogs, Broad and Shadow, to important meetings with dignitaries.
3: They, do they have a little vest to denote that they're emotional support animals? Uh, they do. I think so. Okay, it's funny.
1: Okay. He's he's very much in an interior dinner in the photo, <laughs> and there's just giant dog just sitting there, kind of you know, like chilling, chomping on a roll. Other lesser-known saints in Ireland include Saint McMuffin. St. Fergus McMuffin, of course, founded the successful chain of American restaurants with the help of his disciples, Martin McNugget, Seamus Big Mac, and his great-grandson, Michael McRib.
3: We're <laughs> going to get complaints. We're not doing it. <laughs> it's a history
1: lesson. Also out of Ireland is the saint, Ooh, who is, of course, the patron saint of funny noises. <laughs> You're so He's known for standing atop a gently rolling hill in 1169 as the Norman invaders landed in Ireland and casually remarking, Oh, no!
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Under the influence of Saint, Ooh, Other noises have gained popularity in Ireland and around the world, such as the famous, Aye! or Yar! or, of course, the ever-popular, Rrr! Used to attract (laughs) cattle across the ravine when it's time to make the butter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is, of course, funniest people I know, Irish history lesson.
3: Yeah, uh, I'm less worried about the Tulsi stands and now wondering what our Irish audience will Mm -hmm. think of your wonderful history lesson.
1: I might uh, have the term gobshite gal thrown back at
3: me. You can direct your gobshite gal to Macho Will.
2: All of Ah. these alleged facts are brought to you by
3: (laughs) by Will Amato, (laughs) who does not speak for the rest of us (laughs) who are scared of leprechauns.
1: (laughs) Ireland is a vast country with many wonderful cities. A UN resolution in 2015 granted Ireland city's first prize in the silly name category, followed only by Britain and Australia. We're going to play a game here because we love merriment in Ireland. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. One of these cities is real and the other two are made up. So, Alex and George, can you guess which of these okay. is a real Irish city? All right. Here we go. Number one. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A. Ballyronan. B. Flublin. C.
2: Kill Kenny.
3: I'm saying Ballyronan. Mm, I'm going
2: to go. One
1: with of
3: these
2: is real. C. C is correct!
3: Oh, good oh. job.
1: Named, of course, after the traditional Irish American series South Park. Oh my god, <laughs> you kill Kenny. <laughs> Number two. A. Chinaman's Knob.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: B. Inch. C. Bitchfield.
3: <laughs> speechless. One of these uh, is real. Um. Inch? I'm going with Inch. Alex is just like mouth (laughs) again. She didn't know what to think. (laughs) I was like, I don't
2: know if I should answer or not.
3: The correct answer
1: is B, Inch. Uh Inch is Ireland's third smallest city. It's barely bigger than the town of Centimeter or the unincorporated bit of grass called Millimeter. Oh my God. (laughs) I also want to note that Chinaman's Knob is a real city in Australia. And Bitchfield is actually a place in Great Britain.
3: These people...
1: Mm -hmm. Number three. One of these is a real Irish city. Is it A, Muff? B, Penis Stone? C, Boggy Bottom?
2: (laughs) I'm going to say A for Muff.
3: Why do I feel like Penis Stone is a real place? (laughs) Because you want it to be.
1: (laughs) Mm. Sounds like my kind of party. (laughs) A, B, or C, George? I I think I'm going to go with Penis Stone. The correct answer is Muff, Ireland. Oh, yay. Muff is the only place in Ireland where a tourist can enter alone and exit nine months later, followed by a miniature version of themselves. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day to you all.
2: Happy St. Patrick's Day, people.
0: (laughs)
1: Folks, that brings us to another wonderful end of an episode here on the Funniest People I Know podcast and radio show. My name, of course, is William O'Hamlin O'Mato.
2: So
1: much. <laughs> Is that the Lucky Charms guy here with my good friend George Macolorus? <laughs> so much. And Alexandria Sweating yep. Buckets of Guinness.
2: Yep. <laughs> you <are so> ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Have yourself a hilarious week.
2: Bye.